Today is a special sequence in the Sunday cycle of Gospels. Whereas we've been following the Gospel of Matthew week after week after week, today intercepts another kind of Sunday because of the individual who celebrated today. To my right, behind me, you will see, and also you will see him here to my left, we have the great evangelist and the great theologian, John. I wanted to recount for all of us just a few things, and today we celebrate his metastasis. That's a fancy word. We also hear the same word during the Feast of Panagias. Metestis prostinzoin, mitiriparchon, and so on and so forth. It's kind of saying the transferal. In other words, today we celebrate the falling asleep of St. John the theologian, but we know that St. John dies, and tradition tells us that he came back and also he was transferred into heaven. St. John was from Bethesda, not Maryland, Bethesda, but the Bethesda of the ancient times. This word Bethesda means the fishing place or the place of fishing. I mean, all of us know probably Rockville County has a lot of rocks, you know, or whatever the case may be. Sunset County probably has beautiful sunsets. So Bethesda was a city known in the ancient times near the Tiberias Sea of being a fishing area. And that's where John and we're told his brother, James, the so-called sons of Zebedee, had their livelihood. And they were definitely friends of another great apostle, Peter, because they worked together in this Sea of Galilee. What's interesting in the case of John and James is that while they're fishing along with their dad, Zebedee, the Lord comes and calls them to follow him, and immediately it says they dropped everything and followed Christ. It's a nice little image of giving us a little glimmer, a glimpse into the heart of St. John the theologian, who is also known, as we heard today, Oigapimenos. Out of the 12 disciples, the only one that gets the, the epithet, if you will, of the beloved is John the theologian. He's the only one. He is one of the four evangelists, but he also wrote about 20% of the New Testament because in addition to his gospel, the gospel of John, he also wrote three epistles, one of which we heard this morning read, as well as a fifth book or letter, if you will, the book of Revelation. So that constitutes about 18% of the New Testament. He's also a remarkable person because he is also a disciple of John the Baptist, we're told in the Gospels. From the moment he's called by Christ, he follows Christ all the way to the last breath of Christ. So he goes as a disciple of John to a disciple of Christ. And then, as we heard in today's Gospel, he's entrusted with the care of the mother of our Lord, Panagia. As Christ is gasping his last breaths on earth, he turns to his mom and says, woman, behold your son, John. And he turns to John and says, 
behold your mother. And it says from that moment, John took Panagia into his care and cared for her. And so he's served three people of God. John the Baptist, the son of God, and the mother of God. A remarkable man of love. He's the first to run to the empty tomb. It says that Peter and John ran. Peter presumably was a little older, a little slower. John gets to the tomb first, but he's scared to go in. He just peeks in and sees that it's empty, but he won't go in. And Peter comes in. But he's the first to run to see his Lord's tomb after he dies. But today I want to show all of that, that if you, any of you read any of John's letters, or any of John's, part of any of John's gospel, you will see a man who had an incredible amount of love for Jesus. You will witness a man who loved Christ more than anything. And we heard in the epistle, it's rare for me to preach on the epistle, but I'm compelled to because of the person we celebrate today. He says, if we love one another, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Stay with me. He goes on to say, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. God and love, my beloved friends, are a synonym. God and the word love are a synonym. You know what a synonym is, right? The same exact thing. If we want to be called Christians, followers of Jesus, then we have to be people who love. And the question today is the following. How much do we have God in our lives? You know what the test is? The degree by which we love the persons next to us. People can come up to me all the time. They do, and they say, Father, I'm a really good person. I never killed anyone, as though that's the measure of a good person, whether you killed someone or not. But the measure of a person who is close to Christ is very simple. You know, the litmus test is absolutely simple. How much does this person love their fellow brother or sister? The degree by which each of us, when we look in the mirror, can see that our hearts don't harbor resentment, that our hearts don't harbor ill feelings, that our hearts don't harbor jealousies, but rather, when we look in the mirror, we see the degree of love that we have for our brother and sister, that will show us right away who we really are. 
So while I appreciate, and I say it to myself as I look in the mirror, what are the areas of my heart that still have little worms growing? Like we said with the kids today, it's really easy to believe that we are God's gift to the world because it's very easy not to really look at ourselves the way we really are. It's very easy to ignore the word of God which says, if we love one another, God abides in us. Do we love one another? Do we really care to fill the lives of our kids, especially with Christ? Don't raise your hands. I'm going to ask this question too. A lot of our children play sports. I played sports as well. A lot of our kids do extra help, and we pay tutors, correct? And we get them on travel teams, and we pay money to get them trainers and the best cleats, and to give them all what they need to be a great athlete or a great student. And when it's a rainy day, you say to your kids, get dressed, you have a game today. Get dressed, you have to go to extra help. When it's church on Sunday, it's raining, oh, the weather's horrible, forget it. It's too cold. Our kids, I've spoken about this a lot these days. There are no other people responsible for our kids than us. Who is? We are. If we want our kids to love Christ, if we want them to come close to hear the word of God here in this church, in our religious education program, or whatever the case may be, and speaking to a friend, we have to make that decision. And sometimes our kids will object. They'll say, oh, I have to go hear Father Pandelemon again. Enough of him. But we have to invest that in whatever way we can. Head fakes and side fakes to get our kids to come to love Christ and to come to know him. And I say this all the time. Your life can never be the same, my friends, when Christ has touched you and when you have touched Christ. The people who live closest to Christ have the most beautiful hearts. And all you want to be is around people like that. Right? This is the message today from St. John. Look at his incredible love for his teacher. When all of the disciples abandoned Christ, it was his love which put him to overcome the danger of his, whole, of his own life, was it not? When he goes to Christ at the cross, easily they could have said, hey, you're one of his disciples. What are you doing here? But because he loved the Lord so much, he overcame that. He didn't scatter. Today, I believe with all my heart, all of us believe in Christ. All of us say we, we go to church, I'm a really good person. I say it all the time too, right? I wonder though, when the push came to the shove, 
and we had to follow our Lord down a path that was quite scary. I wonder if we would have the same love that John the theologian did to go all the way to the end. Somebody, a friend priest, two days ago we were speaking. He's in Greece. He said, I was saying my smart aleck things to him, and he cut me off. And he said, Father, that's it. Show your cards. If I told you tomorrow you will die, and you're going to go to heaven, 100%, no qualms, no judgment, nothing, straight to heaven, would you be willing to die? It's a good question. What's better than the kingdom of heaven? Knowing for a fact that you're going to be saved. And I said to him, I don't know if I could do that. He says, you see, all of us are, he's talking about me, big words and big ideas. So, as I said a couple days ago, let's begin where we can, not where we can't. I can't lift 150 pounds. I can lift 50 pounds. Each of us today as we leave, how much does God abide in my life? And what are the things that I need to change in order to start lifting a little more, in order to reorient my life a little bit more and the life of our children? I hope and pray that we have the blessing of John, the great apostle, that we also become people who out of our love go way beyond our own limits, way beyond our own fears, that nothing can pin us when we have Christ. And we saw that in him. May we have his great blessing of this great saint of our church and evangelist. And forgive me.